0: Welcome back to the public feed of the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. And before we get started with this latest episode, I want to thank all the patrons around the world who make this podcast possible and this public free version of the podcast possible. You know, this podcast is an independent production, and that makes sense because, you know, we're we're kind of a niche audience here. And so mainstream media is not going to create much for us, but I want to. I want to keep creating these stories for you, and I can do that with the help of patrons around the world. So thank you so much, patrons. If you, too, want to help, you will get early access to episodes. You will get the full experience with Sounds and music and lots and lots of extras. Go to Patreon.com/lesbianromantic to see if you want to sign up for a seat in the exclusive Bells and Whistles Theater, Theater, Theater—the <laughs> creative home of this podcast—and uh, it's it's what keeps this podcast going for everyone. So thank you, and uh, let's get going with this episode. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is Connection Revealed, Part 33, 34, Uh, Part 34. September 23rd, 2063. Fire Blue Territory, North American Province. 11.30 a.m. local time. I don't want this, Jade thought. This is not okay. I need to stop this. You wait in the car, Eleanor Lucas said to Michelle before exchanging a knowing look with her guard. And you come with me, Eleanor then told Jade. Jade froze, tightening her grip on the door. She was not going anywhere. Now, Turner, Lucas barked. Michelle shifted in the seat next to Jade. Hey, she said softly. We'll be together again soon. It's going to be okay. You don't know that, Jade said, growing more frustrated by the minute. She needs us out of here, Michelle explained once again. We'll be back together tomorrow morning and we can head home. This did nothing to calm Jade down. On the contrary, it made her even more anxious. What was waiting for them outside of rebel territory? Jade, Michelle said, pulling Jade from her thoughts. You need to find out what we can do about those dying batteries. No, Jade said, wanting to say much more, but not finding the right words. Why would she leave Michelle behind again for something she had specifically been ordered not to do? They didn't want her help, and Jade was suddenly tired of always trying to save the world. It's our only chance. Michelle whispered. Jade frowned. What do you mean? Michelle glanced in Lucas's direction, sighed, and then said, The army will be involved by now. They will know we were in rebel territory for quite some time now, Jade. Things don't look good for us either way. I don't, don't understand, Jade stammered. We were just trying to help. Michelle's smile turned sad. Since when is that a good thing? We disobeyed orders, and I left my post to follow you into the desert. Without informing my second-in-command, we're going to appear very suspicious. Jade shook her head in disbelief, even though she knew Michelle was right. Come on, Jade, Michelle said, taking hold of her hand. If we want to have a shot at it. Goosebumps rose on Jade's arms. In the front seat, Lucas huffed and rolled her eyes. (sighs) We're losing time, the rebel leader said. You demanded time to study that data. Let's go. Jade looked up into Michelle's blue eyes, struggling to swallow. Michelle squeezed her hand and gave her another sad smile. Jade didn't even attempt to smile back. Okay, she relented. I'll go. Finally... Lucas exclaimed and opened her door. For a moment, it seemed like Michelle was about to say something. Jade wanted to say something, too, but it felt too dramatic and too soon. I'll do this for us, she added instead. Thank you, Michelle whispered. I know you do. Jade nodded slowly, then let go of Michelle's hand and turned to open the car door. Leaving Michelle behind, it didn't feel right to her. It didn't feel right at all. September 23rd, 2063. Fire Blue Territory, North American Province. 12.30 p.m. local time. An hour later, Al walked out of the compound feeling tense. Everything was going according to plan, but she still lacked confidence. Al had always trusted her gut, and while it had gotten her elected twice, it had also caused plenty of trouble and stained her legacy. But right now, she couldn't focus on that. All she cared about was not losing Louise. There was only one way to ensure that didn't happen. Can you come out? She asked the driver through the closed car window. Faye looked up at her. You heard me, Elle said louder this time. Turner was being held in a secure room within the compound with limited internet access. Elle needed the driver to keep an eye on her. Slowly, the driver emerged from the vehicle exchanging wary looks with Becker in the back seat and then with Al. I need you to go and keep an eye on Turner inside, Al explained. The driver's brown eyes flicked to the compound. No, my job is to keep you safe, they said. I am safe, Al stated confidently, hoping it was true. She would make Becker sit next to her so she could keep a better eye on her. But Elle knew she was still vulnerable. Becker was probably a trained and skilled fighter, while Elle was not. I can't let you do this. It's too dangerous, they repeated, clearly concerned. I want you in the same room as Turner now, she reiterated impatiently. And if she needs to use the bathroom, you go with her. The driver narrowed their eyes. I'm not a babysitter. Then stop acting like one. Elle retorted quickly. I don't need you to chauffeur me around. Feeling determined, she added, I'll inform your superior that these orders came from me. Fine, they agreed reluctantly, shaking their head. But please let her know immediately. I don't want to be blamed if you happen to drive off of a cliff. El instructed, She's in the third room on the right, ignoring the driver's disrespectful jab. The driver checked their shoulder holster and sighed before heading towards the compound. Elle quickly sat down behind the wheel, determined not to let them change their mind. Get in the front seat, she barked at Becker. To her surprise, Becker immediately opened the door and plopped down in the passenger seat next to Elle. The two of them sat in silence until Elle had maneuvered the car away from the compound, her hands tightly gripping the steering wheel as she increased their speed. Should I be worried about my safety? Becker finally asked, with a hint of amusement in her voice. Yeah, you might want to buckle up, Al replied, taking a sharp turn onto a twisting road. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me, Becker muttered under her breath. The seat belt is above your right shoulder, Elle grinned. Pull it down and across your torso. I know how a seat buckle works, Becker snapped back. Seat, belt, Elle corrected dryly, increasing their speed even more. Not buckle. Michelle strapped in without further comment. Elle couldn't help but smile again. Despite everything, it felt good to be free for just a short while. I'm guessing you don't do this often, Becker remarked calmly. She was scared. She wasn't letting that fear slip into her voice. Less often than I'd like, Elle replied after a few moments. A long silence followed as Elle glanced to the side, taking in Becker's expression as she stared out of the car window. Becker looked worried. Elle doubted it was about her frantic driving. It's so hard to hate someone up close, Elle thought. Now that she had her nemesis sitting right next to her, still looking pale and somewhat fragile from her hospital visit, Elle found it hard to stay guarded. It was so easy when you had something or someone to fight against. Having an enemy gave you power. The harder the enemy fought back, the more powerful you felt. But when the enemy stopped fighting, Elle made herself look back at the road before she missed one of the turns up ahead. As the silence between them continued, though, she couldn't resist a sideways glance at Becker now and then. She couldn't blame Louise for falling in love with her. Michelle Becker was a beautiful woman. That is, if you liked cliches. Are you this quiet because we left your girlfriend behind? Elle asked. It sounded more cynical than she had intended. Becker took her time before responding. You can laugh all you want, she said. But it's not going to change anything. I don't care what you think, and there's not much you can do to hurt me. This reply unsettled Elle and made her stomach grow heavy. We both know you're in a lot of trouble, too, Becker continued. Let's not pretend that either one of us has the upper hand. I will be fine, Ell said. But you might actually finally go to prison. Hmm, Becker sighed. Yeah, I might. Al didn't smile, although she knew that she would have in the past. Becker deserved what was coming to her. She had done so many horrible things and had always avoided accountability until now. But Al no longer liked herself when she gloated. I don't know how you got away with that attack on the global network, El said. And then with trying to blame us for it. Becker arched her eyebrows but didn't say anything. Not that Elle had expected her to. She wasn't here to make Michelle admit to anything. She just couldn't stop herself from asking questions now that she had Becker here alone with her. Why did you agree to come with me? Elle asked. She glanced in Becker's direction again and saw a flash of pain and longing in her expression. Becker's once cool composure was now gone, and that unnerved Elle even more. However, Becker's voice remained steady. I have some unfinished business with Louise. I want to talk to her. A chill ran down Elle's spine. I thought you were only saying that to get under my skin, she said, trying to sound calm. Back at the cabin, I mean. She held her breath, waiting for Becker's reply. Yeah, I wanted you to get nervous, Michelle said, smiling. I guess I caught a scent and followed it. Al furrowed her brow. A scent? Michelle chuckled. Yes, I could sense that you didn't want me anywhere near... <laughs> Becker chuckled uh. again. stiffening Al cleared her throat. Are you really taking me to see Louise? Becker asked. Elle met Becker's gaze again before quickly focusing back on the road, trying not to panic. If Michelle Becker knew how insecure Al felt about Louise's past with her, she could easily use it against them. In a way, she already had. I let her do it, Elle realized. I'm the one who enabled this by lying to Louise. I opened Pandora's box. Now, Elle had no choice but to take drastic measures. If she wanted to ensure the past stayed buried, she would have to make sure Michelle could never threaten them again. Would she actually go through with this? I'll still have the option to take a different route, or even turn back and confine Becker in a room at the compound. She gripped the wheel tightly once more, pushing her speed a little too high as she approached the next turn. This was another installment of Connection Revealed, my latest story still in full production and supported by patrons around the world. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending time with me. It is always a privilege and I am grateful. And I hope to welcome you in the Bells and Whistles Theater at some point. I really do. But on this public and free feed, I will see you again in two weeks. Bye.